Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Raw Review. We are the Dadly Boys of What Culture. I'm Adam Wilborn, joined by Michael Hamflet and Michael Sidgwick here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Mandanao Row. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube, <laughs> where we do daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Mandanao Row, but also Fran and now show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh. <laughs> Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium oh. live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. A really good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review last night's Raw and all the fallout from the Royal Rumble. Yes. He loves fallout. Yeah. yeah. It's free week for you, this, isn't it? Yeah. In terms of the copy. Uh, good Raw, I thought. Like, I wasn't... Uh, I was obviously... Pleased with the major directions coming out of the Rumble in terms of the Rumble winners. I wasn't left inspired by much else from the show. Uh, and I'm in a much better mood with the road to WrestleMania again after just 24 hours. And what is devastating news, yes. but was worked around so well on this show that I, like, I don't feel maybe as heartbroken as I would have done if there was just nothing else going on at this WrestleMania. If there was no, if like you were really all days when we were talking on another podcast recently about, like, Triple H and Undertaker, everyone in the locker room's kind of an asshole, damn it, it's me. What if one of them goes down hurt just for WrestleMania? The card's gotten out. Like, it's not that anymore. Sad news, but I thought this Raw, in one segment in particular, like, took me off in a completely different direction that I couldn't have seen coming. Liked it a lot. Yeah, some maybe enforced pivots mm. on this show. Some good... Very good. Not great wrestling, but enough to keep me engaged. Um, some fabulous promo work, whether it was, you know, good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like some good, but, I don't know, bittersweet, I guess. Mm. Uh, promo work, some strong directions. This is one of the better roles in recent weeks, because mm. I think they've had a dismal start to the year on Monday nights. I pretty dismal. I think. disagree. Um, let's get into the Raw review then. I'm not f***ing having this much longer. Like, I'm not. I'm not being the f***. Third wheel, odd man out with your smackdown crack and your little f***ing in jokes. I'm going to be done if I don't get my respect, just so you know. Where's my respect? Quite right. Um, I'd be annoyed to start the show, not only with the CM Punk news, of course, but the Pat McAfee replacing Wade Barrett on commentary. I yeah. thought that was harsh. Yeah. Bad call. Bad call. So who does it on Fridays? 
uh, TBC, I guess. So, like, yeah, unless Corey, Corey Graves... Who was doing it last week, which I missed? Cole, it's a Colin Graves, but that was very right. much it. It's Rumble weekend. You know. So it was Colin Graves. Oh, no. Who was regularly the SmackDown commentating crew? Kevin Patrick, Corey Graves with Michael Cole as, like, the babysitter. Yes. Right. So Cole's been doing double duty double the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Pat, they- Pat McAfee's terrible at his job, and I know that's half the point, but... I don't think you can be. Like, it was one thing. He was... This is always the case in, like, pre-Triple H, WWE, where there was, like, something where it was, like, a bit of a real light, you know, like a desert rose, whatever, and Pat McAfee's sheer bloody-minded enthusiasm for mm. the nonsense he was calling was just something. You know, like, it, like his enthusiasm to a lot of people was infectious. It was like, I actually earnestly likes this. Michael Cole sounded dead inside for 20 years, whereas Pat McAfee just likes this. And that is half helping the characters because they can engage with the sound of his voice that's quite close to him, and that was enough. The Rumble and then this Raw. This Raw less so, but I guess it's time for a bed back in. The Rumble was annoying because you, there's characters that have had things going on. There's reasons why characters are doing the things they're doing. Mm. And it's like a little bit disrespectful. It was the same when it was Jerry Lawler and some of the stories made sense when he was calling the shows. Like, it's just disrespectful to turn up with clearly zero prep and just spout your catchphrasey nonsense without any care for the stories being told. It's not the job of the announcer, like, and in the Vince run, like, he was just barking orders into Michael Cole's ear and then letting them do what they wanted. The commentator should be able to, like, add the flavour they're supposed to to these stories that are being told. That's McAfee's job. Like, then some people like the noises. He obviously has this appeal, mm-hmm. like his wacky pronunciations and yes. the like, and his, like, the jock energy you've pointed out, but... I just don't like the vibe of the guy. Contribute to the stories being told. Otherwise, you're not serving your purpose. Do not like the vibe of the guy at all. And he's a pretty useless commentator. So Wait, was doing Tuesday a great mornings job. are even worse for me. Um, so after all that, CM Punk comes out, of course. His right arm's in a sling. He's torn his tricep. The crowd giving him a huge reaction. Uh, he says he came really close to winning on Saturday. Wasn't mad at anyone. Wasn't mad at Cody Rhodes. In fact, he wanted to congratulate Cody. Uh, it's not about what you deserve. It's about what you've earned, and Rhodes has earned it. He wanted to see him finish his story at WrestleMania, uh, and he said winning the Rumble in back-to-back years was a great accomplishment. He didn't believe in luck, but he did feel a little bit unlucky because he tore his right tricep in the Rumble. Uh, he discussed wanting to tape it up and head to Elimination Chamber and kind of find a way to Philadelphia, uh, but it wasn't to be. He said Mania isn't in the cards for him. He didn't want anyone to feel sorry for him. He said his dream since he was a kid to, was to main event WrestleMania. Maybe that just wasn't going to happen. Um, but he talked about kind of that being a problem, but real problems being uh, what his friend Chad Gilbert has gone through. Who had cancer. He's got a wife, daughter. He's never in a bad mood whenever uh, Punk goes to see him. That's real life. That's real problems. He says, this injury is just a flesh wound. Uh, I'm not the best in the world because I always win. I kind of lose more than I win. Check out my UFC record. Uh, but I fought in the UFC because it was my dream and it scared the crap out of me. Uh, and the crowd chant for him. Uh, it scared him to leave WWE, but he had two mania scares him. It may haunt him for the rest of his life, but this is just a bump in the road. Um, best in the world is for people who do things like fight cancer or firefighters or people who help other people. He just happened to entertain us and yet we love him for some reason. Um, he's going to keep doing this until the wheels fall off. Um, He's, it's a bump in the road. He's faced adversity and he's overcome it countless times. He's not going to focus on the negative on those who tell him he can't. Um, none of it matters because we all wake up and keep going. Mania's not in the cards, but he's a Cubs fan and it won't be the first or last time that he says this. There is always next year. He's going to continue, but he's interrupted by Drew McIntyre who comes down to the ring. 
um, to the surprise of Punk, saying, um, I said some terrible things about you since your return to WWE, and I meant them. You're a poison, but I can relate to everything you're saying. Uh, your dreams have been taken away from you. I've, I've been through that. Uh, I can relate to having a friend like Chad as well. Um, I don't know what I believe in. Um, I've gone through some changes recently. I've never been spiritual, but I know this. I prayed for this, and it <laughs> happened. Oh, my God. Um, That's like there's never been a, I'm sorry. Sorry, it didn't happen sooner. Yes. Yeah, That's yeah. never been good. And Drew just made that good. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, he attacked him in the Rumble because he couldn't let him win, and he couldn't sleep knowing that Punk eliminated him. But last night he slept like, oh no, he slept like a baby last night, yes, uh, after hearing of Punk's injury. Um, I exercise the demon that is CM Punk. I'm going to find a way to mania and live your dream again, he said. Uh, and Punk squares up to him and says, my heart hurts more than my tricep does. I am going to come back. I am going to main event WrestleMania, but I'm going to go through you first. McIntyre goes to cheap shot him. Punk ducks and kicks him and tries to fight him, but he's got an injured arm. McIntyre headbutts him and stomps on the injured arm until Sami Zayn comes down to make the save. Very, very powerful words. Very, very powerful words um, in that opening promo from Punk. Um, like he kind of put himself over as a baby face in the best possible way. Just refused to feel too sorry for himself. Um, I words we can all live by, I guess. I thought it was genuinely really impressive verbal performance from him. Um, you know, it's CM Punk. You're going to get this rank hypocrisy in virtually any scenario in which you find him. He's going to say that Darby Allen does the best dive in wrestling and everybody else should retire theirs. And then he's going to injure his other <laughs> triceps doing the exact same move he said nobody else should do. He said that um, he will never again put a wrestling promotion or storyline in front of his health. And then he took a obviously incredibly worked and safe blow to the injured arm. Uh, I... It's a downer. It's a downer because that verbal performance was his second consecutive just brilliant one mm. on Raw. Um, main event plans for WrestleMania are utterly thwarted. Drew McIntyre, as brilliant as his line was and as brilliant as he has been as a character, you look at every permutation of Raw main event, and I will elaborate on this later, and you think, oh, it's so much lesser than now that punk's out the mix. Mm. Yeah, I... Proper wrestling from the punker. Like, I wouldn't expect anything less when someone like him gets an injury and the ways in which you're potentially going to deal with it. Not that I would have necessarily predicted everything he said and the way this played out, but I absolutely would have predicted that he would have wanted this to go like this. He gets to um, do what he loves, which I think is play with people's emotions for the benefit of the show, for the benefit of a, a money program down the line, if indeed there is one to be had, and I assume there is. Like, we don't know about Drew's contract status, mm -hmm. and, it, like... I don't know. I've never been tentative about CM Punk's uh, like demeanor in this WWE deal, but you'd be stupid not to think, how's this going to go while he's off injured? Because we also know there's history there, you know? So, But all being well, there's a program there if they're both there to come back to it. So the angle was terrific. Drew McIntyre was on fantastic form again. He is... Um, He's been great in this character, full stop, but he's particularly great when he's got great material to work off. That's why the Sami Zayn stuff and the CM Punk stuff has been the most effective because those are maybe two of the most effective people to mm. feed him that material. Um, he just looks and feels motivated by it. I, like, it just CM Punk is a fascinating figure. To Sidge's point, like he will be missed uh, if for nothing else because every time he was face-to-face -face with like a wrestler on this brand, 
you were immediately like, interested in both. That's like the rub. Mm. Not that the people he's worked with need the rub, but that's what the rub is, isn't it? You're supposed to then think more of that person. It was happening every time with Punk. So, uh, And it happened with Sami Zayn. Like, you couldn't take your eyes off. Sami Zayn's helping him up. I want to look at that. Yeah. That's we know stuff. Like, let's look at that. There's sideways things there with Owens and the rest of it. So that was that was cool to watch. Um, I, sad, but I'm going to try and be optimistic that, like, this will just be a rehab. This will just be what a normal wrestler would go through and not uh, CM Punk 2022 rehab. That's like, that's, yeah. like I say that, I think you have to consider that as well. Will this rehab over a period of time change minds? Will it change hearts? Will it change what has appeared to be a fairly stable Backstage relationship and, you know, like, this was this was just good pro wrestling. What happens when wrestlers get injured? I like that we've moved past the era of uh, the heel basically kind of, like, picking at the babyface wrestler for being injured as being soft. That's gone now. Mm-hmm. It's like Drew McIntyre at no point said, you should be working through it, you should be taping it up. Like, that unhealthy sort of attitude is disappearing. You can still tell stories without that, so I enjoyed that as well. This was good stuff. It was really good stuff. Um... The next time CM Punk comes back, will it be tinged with that anxiety of it's always going to happen, like maybe within months, if not weeks? He doesn't need some fat mark on a podcast like me to tell him this, but he's smart enough to make that count. He should know. He should be wise to what people think and and hopefully, as a fan of his, push it back in their face. But he should know that that should factor into his matches. Like, you know, the uh, the Brian cell of the head. Yeah. WrestleMania. Like, the real geniuses know how to, like, maximise this. I know the seizure stuff got a bit much, but when he first did it, you're like, oh, God. Yeah, like, it's terrifying. Playing with his, your anxieties is, mm. like, how these, like, smart wrestlers absolutely maximise these setbacks. Uh, we go backstage, and there's Rhea Ripley, uh, Damian Priest, Finn Balor, JD McDonough, and uh, Dominic Mysterio. And, of course, collectively, they're in the... F- and judgment Ripley tells them to all to send a message for tonight uh, send a message they couldn't send at the rumble um, asks if Priest and Balor are ready and Priest's completely on board now he's very focused Balor says they're going to show everyone how vicious they are um, and then DIY caught another one of those walking promos from the back to Gorilla. Uh, Gargano says DIY was born two hours away from Tampa, and Champa said they were going to achieve their dreams tonight. Before we get to the match, your thoughts on both of these? I just want to say a quick thing. Um, whenever they cut to the Judgment Day after CM Punk does a promo at the start of the show, it always throws into pretty sharp relief just how performed the Judgment Day is as a stable with their patter. In and of itself, I know they have their fans. That's right. Mr. Hamflit is one of them. But my God, it's a I don't think it looks I don't think it's a good look at all. It looks very <laughs> much like we are playing a role on this fictional television show and we are talking as if we are reading from scripts. I just think it's nowhere near as major league as it's the punk is stuff. That was always going to be a small problem. You don't have it for the next what, six <laughs> months at least. <laughs> but it was a problem last night anyway. Especially when um like I love the judgment day, but that clubhouse is so silly. <laughs> and when they're basically, they're having this very serious Judgment Day catch-up post-Rumble, and they're basically, it, the blocking of it is similar to one of those NXT locker room chats where they're basically all little lines staring right down the lens. I think, da-da-da-da-da, don't you agree? Yes, I think so too. Like, it's, it is as fake feeling and as WWE producer gets there. So this the best backstage segment of the night. We'll get to that in due course. Well, indeed. The ghost of Kevin Dunn will haunt this corridor for many a year to come. 
Uh, and then we got the match. Um, yeah, DIY challenging the Judgment Day for the tag team titles. I really enjoyed mm. this match. I was a bit on a, quite a few near falls in this. Broke down early on. DIY stereo dives to the floor and the, the pats on the back. Um, nor- normally I'm hovering to be like, okay, here we go. Commercial break. Obviously commercial free first hour. Uh, so they get back in. Benefited enormously from that. Yeah. They butcher these matches on Raw with mm. these adverts. Like. Um, they've isolated Champa. Champa tries to get over to Gargano. Well, he does. Um, but the referee's distracted by uh, Priest trying to get in the ring, so he doesn't see the tag, so it's called off. Uh, finally, though, Champa gets a DDT, brings in Gargano. He cleans house, uh, but eventually Priest nails him with a huge clothesline, throws him outside. Um, they go for the south of heaven. That gets broken up. Champa manages to hit a super white noise for a two count. Um, they even hit Balor as well with the meat in the middle following that, but Priest grabs Balor's leg and just sort of shoves it under the bottom ropes for a rope break. Um, Balor comes back, hits Gargano with a slingshot and a drop kick, but Gargano manages to get out of the way of the coup de grace and puts him in the Gargano escape. Champa puts Priest in one as well, but Priest powers up and drops him onto the other two to break up that submission. Everyone just hits moves on each other. Priest drops Champa with a thrust kick, hits, uh, drops Gargano onto the announce table with a flatliner. Uh, Champa and Imunce saw this, though, because Priest slides back in, catches him in a small package for a two-count. But Gargano's out of the picture now. Priest hits Champa with a razor's edge. Bala, coup de gras, one, two, three. We'll get to the truth stuff in a second. I thought there was a lot to love about this, and I know that sound... Sh- you shouldn't be surprised if you know who DIY are as wrestlers. And I think, like, I know people got really exhausted with the Judgment Day versus Insert Babyface on Raw last year, but I think as... Defending tag team champions or in the big title matches, I honestly think Priest and Balor are a little bit underrated. I thought that, like, I was mega, mega high on the title change with Cody and Jay from... It was either Fastlane or Payback. <laughs> One of the, like, not very well-regarded B-shows of last year. I thought that match was, like, underrated by people. One of my favourites. And they just, like, they are good and credible now because they've been around that long and they're believable. They're really good at raising the stakes. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, My criticism of DIY was that ultimately their work, like their work is very much for work's sake. Mm. It's not generating great reactions. You're not marveling at their wizardry or the double teams or anything like that. Like, I don't know, like the Rockers, for example, these amazing double teams, like that doesn't work half as well if all their flashy acrobatics don't go down well with the crowd. It's supposed to, they're supposed to entertain and dazzle. It's not just to like confound their opponents. It's to like, oh, the, the fans love us because we do this. Like that side of it was missing, that component with it DIY. It felt really soulless. Mm. Yeah, it was completely missing. And then against Dominic and JD McDonough, it was proper end of the pier Butlins wrestling, but that worked for them because they were just earnest baby faces. And here... People were rooting for the stuff to work so they would win the belts. Mm. Like, can we beat these champions who are credible and have had these titles for a long time and it's WrestleMania season and are they going to go to WrestleMania with the titles? So it was like an unexpectedly enjoyable bit of matchmaking, I would say. Like, I don't think DIY are... And it's not a problem, but there are tears, and now DIY will go down them a little bit, and it might be Tag Showcase, Andre mm-hmm. Battle Royal. Like, WrestleMania just isn't going to be theirs this no. year. But I think I think gradually, like, kind of like eroding audience defences <laughs> with DIY, and more matchmaking will get them there. I'm as optimistic about this act as I have been since they've been put back together. 
I, without being like really state of the art or anything completely thrilling, I did think it was a really effective match that I got drawn into. I'm like, Wilborn, I got into the near falls as well, mm. like to a shocking level mm. for like a, a raw match that I kind of knew what the result was going to be going into it. Um, I, this is as good as it could have possibly been. <laughs> but I don't think it's going to trouble any tag team match of the air shots no. or anything quite like that. Um, Can so I say one thing, actually? Yeah. I was, po- I was positive there. Yeah. I'm going to be negative now. <laughs> The contrast between Damien Priest in the context of a tag versus him in the Rumble and him against, was it Drew last week? Yeah. It, it's like he's found his, uh, he's found his ceiling, hasn't he? Possibly. No, I think definitely. They're gonna, I think he'll Agree cash in. Me, so. I think he wins that belt. So we see, it, we see it anyway. I think he wins the title. I think he cashes in and wins the title. I think they try it. But I... Like, it's supposed to be the other way around, isn't it? He's supposed to feel ready to win the title. Aye, aye. You know, it's Triple H says it more than anybody about title making the man and all mm. that, so aye, not sure. Uh, so afterwards, uh, Dom and JD run out to celebrate, and uh, Priest says, we've seen a different side to this team in recent weeks, and it's time to thank someone for making it happen. He calls out R-Truth. R-Truth is a bit hesitant, considering what's happened recently. Um, but he's in there, and he says, yeah, the reason why... People don't react to your catchphrase. It's because you're not nice enough. And he asks them to please all rise for the judgment day. And people do. Um, the priest is like, let's let's deal with the well, the elephant in the room, I suppose. Oh. Not you, Nelly. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dickhead. <laughs> Truth says, let's talk about it later. I've, I've not been able to sleep, so I've relocated all the your cash into crypto. I've filed your taxes and I've liquidated all your assets. And Priest's like, you've no idea any what any of that means. Um, Priest says, hey, come on, guys, we're like a family. Priest, you're like my older brother. And he's like, older? Balor's like... It doesn't work when Priest himself is like 40. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Balor is a creepy uncle. Uh, what more is there to say about Tom and Nick? And he just gets booed and he goes, all right, fair enough, my bad. And JD is like the stepbrother that we don't want to admit is in the family. That's <laughs> um, fair. Priest says, you're right, we are a family, but you're not part of it. Hang on. You never were. I like you, though. You're very funny, which is why I'm not going to be the one to do this. And JD and McDonough cheap shots him from behind with a big elbow, and they beat him up. The Miz tries to make the save, but the numbers game, of course, catches up to him, uh, and they beat them both down. They drag Miz to the center. Dom hits a big frog splash off the top. Um, and JD drags Truth into there as well, and they stand tall over Awesome Truth. Give me the green light, because I'm ready to go, oh, oh. But hopefully not to Elimination Chamber, because I'm slightly worried that by doing the heat angle now, and then suddenly in desperate need of something of interest for this card, having lost wrestler after wrestler after wrestler, that this won't be the WrestleMania match I believe it to be. Still. 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 That hot tag got me all the way back in, Booth. Like, that was... The tag belts, your point about Damien Priest's level, I, I think the exact same about R-Truth. I think WrestleMania should, like, have... WrestleMania's going to have a bunch of matches that are going to be super serious. It looks as if all the top titles... I'm all for be. fun, just not R-Truth's fun. <laughs> not, not, the, not the awesome truth. I was there. Oh, I, I was there, too. <laughs> I, I was there, and I'm glad to say that this there is different to that over there. Like, much different. Like, these two winning the belts as a bit of undercard... Nonsense, I think, will be just great. Like, I think it'll be really, really nice. It's the Miz. And night, yeah, bless it. These are the philosophical differences we will always have. Yeah, <laughs> mainly centered around the Miz. Like, the, I think night one, it's just got, like, real nice night one warmth mm. written all over it, unless they need to rush it to Elimination Chamber. 
And if they do, Orson Truth aren't winning. There's just no emotional weight to any of this. He didn't like the heavy heat segment. <laughs> didn't even get the comeback. Yeah, it's like fans crying out there. It's just, it's crap. It's crap. What do you think of it? He obviously loves it. Yeah, I can't, can't really, I'm okay. not too hard. <laughs> <laughs> the guilt mm-hmm. there. Miz yeah. has got a hot wife, so win. <laughs> That's what the internet tells me, at least. Um, they announced Sammy and Drew for later on tonight. Uh, and then it was uh, Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark versus Piper Niven and Chelsea Green. <laughs> doing it again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you're doing it, too. <laughs> it was very brief, this. The human soundboard is going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, basically, Green came in after Piper had kind of taken a bit of offense and was just trying to get out of the way of a lot of stuff. I think she got near fall in it and then went to get to tag Piper and turn around and got hit with a Z360 from Zoe Stark. Not a lot to say about this. Well, yeah. No, I think Skip. We're not doing a five-star review review. Yeah, we're not doing the five-star review review this week for, a, for obvious reasons. It feels inappropriate considering the news of the last week. So, yeah, it was just a very brief two-minute match to... I mean, it feels like, on paper, Zoe and Shayna are next contenders after... Well, we'll I mean, possibly KLS. Piss poor booking. Awful booking of this women's division outside of the, the top programs. Chelsea Green. Of Chelsea, Chelsea Green, I really hope, gets a WrestleMania <laughs> spot. Like, really do. Yeah. Like, I don't know what, because, like, her and Piper Niven have been the champions. Four-way sort of, women's tag. Sort of done that. For ten minutes and the, uh, the second match on one of the nights. I, no, I, this is it. I don't want to have a spot within her own division. Like, I, I'm feeling like Pretty Deadly might be the guest host. But <gasps> one seconds, one second, one second. Oh my god! But I want Chelsea Green to <laughs> want Chelsea Green to complain to Adam Pearce about Pretty Deadly because they're from SmackDown getting the spot, and then her campaigning to get her own little guest host job as well. Because I don't really want her to have a match in the tag division because it's cold. What is going on up here? I never know, man. Sponsorship opportunity, mm-hmm. Pretty Green. So that's. Yes! <laughs> Got me butter, baby. I'm on a roll. Does this still exist? I don't know. I don't think it does. Uh, Nicholas, it's what's the know? podcaster. Oh, I do Do they have it in the States? Or is it just a British? <laughs> is that like Liam Gallagher's Well End brand? Yeah. Bell End. That's a. No, that's a. <laughs> Got backwards ends in Yeah, no. You already got your first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, uh, Cody Rhodes is here. <laughs> More like Paul Weller. <laughs> Hamlet. He's a Birkin. Yeah, yeah, he's a right. <laughs> no, 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 Birk. <laughs> Birk, it's Berkshire Hunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Uh, Cody Rhodes comes oh, out, nice. huge you deserve it chance. Uh, and Cody says, Tampa Bay, it's what like do you guys want? Wanna... Because I think Will Wants <laughs> just nailed it. <laughs> Tampa Bay, what do you guys want to talk Getting about? Getting to the other side was probably what the chicken was interested in. <laughs> if we're talking about road crossing. Um, he, said he, he said he had something in mind to say, but Samantha Irvin did his introduction. Can you do it again, please? He wanted to hear it a second time. The winner of the 2023 and 2024 Men's Royal Rumble match, Cody Rhodes. He loved hearing that again. Um, he said um, the last 48 hours of his life, there's been... Uh, well, several several challenges. Everything's good, all's well. But on Saturday, you'll never know how much I needed you. He's endlessly grateful for that. Uh, but let's get to it. Let's make WrestleMania 40 a fit. Seth Rollins is here. His music's just That's played. His music. We just played it. Um, he tells Cody that Tampa's right. He does deserve it. Um, from man to man, congratulations. Um, he's going to be serious with Cody now, though. Um, if he chooses... Throws the glasses off. If he chooses Roman, he's Take making a mistake. Take off as well, then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stood here completely. <laughs> if you choose Roman, you're making a mistake. You should fight me instead. Just hear me out. I saw you at the press conference. You said you were the guy. I'm not trying to be the jerk, but you're not the guy. Um, Roman's not the guy anymore. I am. I'm the guy, and this title is the title. Um, look, last year, Cody wins the Rumble. Makes all the sense of the world to go after Reigns. There's only one champion, of course, but the landscape has changed. He gets it. Um, every day, all Cody's thought about is Roman, um, but he's been with Seth on this ride. Um, since he's won, Cody's been on the, on the road with them, making town after town, city after city, all these shows, but Who's there in the main event? It sure as hell isn't Roman Reigns. What title am I is am I defending in those main events? It's not the WWE Championship. It's the World Heavyweight Title. Does Cody remember why this title came to be? I mean, I do. Triple H simultaneously saying, Roman's the best, isn't he? But he's never here, so we have to invent a new title. Uh, it was because everyone was sick and tired of Roman. Tired of them showing up uh, every other week, then month, then six months. No defenses, cheating to win. This title is their title. Um... 
It's for them, by them. They've built this title up through broken bones and backs and blown-out knees. Uh, Cody, Cody included with everyone, has, has leveled the playing field with this title. Reigns is not a god. He's not on some untouchable pedestal. We don't need him. Uh, so he's got to ask, what title do you want, Cody? Do you want the Hollywood title, the Hogan title, the one for posers and frauds and the politics? Or the Dusty Rhodes title, the Workhorse Championship, the Blue Collar Championship? He's wearing a collar that was blue. <laughs> found, found a wacky suit way to make his point. What was it? What was it Malachi said the other day? Symbolism. Symbolism. That's what this title means. Who's the best between Ready these? Metaphors and similes, Dex. Which title would Dusty rather have? The truth is, it doesn't matter. It's not about him. It's about Cody. Uh, he wants Cody to think about it. He wants to know what is in his heart. And Cody says, like, I've got an insane amount of respect for you, Seth. And the last thing I woke up thinking, this is the last thing I woke up thinking we were going to be talking about. Uh, but I'll think about it. This was amazing. I, like, I can't believe how into this I was. I don't care that wrestlers lie. I just want to sell. Want them to sell me on them thinking it's the truth. So we know, and we were pretty harsh on the toy belt for months and months and months. And then you kind of have to begrudgingly be like, ah, they've done it again. Like they've had two world titles before, and they have a good record at getting belts over as being on equal footing. Mm-hmm. Just depends on the story that they're telling. And Batista and in 2005, that belt meant yep. more. And Triple H had it. Yep. Like they've, they've done Triple this. Triple H. The, they've done this in the past and Seth's been on his way to doing it again. And I think this was the sort of almost like the celebration of it. Like the, obviously, like so episodic television has to both delay gratification and gratify when it's every single week. And like as Sid just pointed out before, there were numerous problems with having to do the constant like churn of it all. It's a total flawed model. We know that there are obviously now plans. We need an off season. We do. We yeah. need an off season. We know that like plans are all up in the air because of various injuries. Uh, what we think we know about The Rock is that if he says I want in, then he gets in, and who knows how that plays out and all of that. So whilst I'm not, it's basically a ninety nine and one. Like, I'm 99% certain Cody's going to finish the story, but I welcome them playing with that 1% of doubt because of all these mm. extraneous factors. And what a performance of Seth Rollins yeah. here to make me buy it. I, like, honestly, like, I can't give him enough flowers for this because this is a man who, when he wrestles, rarely convinces me of the struggle he's in. When he cuts promos, I much prefer him doing lightweight, like, nonsense in his wacky outfits and his and his cackling. He, he found himself in this character. Yeah. And then pivoting back to being serious was like, right, we had him back to 2019, like, best row per on the planet, period. That's effectively what his promo was, and I bought it. Yeah. Like, just such a strong vocal performance from Seth. Like, good acting is reacting, and Cody was fantastic at that as well, because how, if you're Cody Rhodes, how do you portray that after a year, two years, like the night after WrestleMania, the second year, like, after coming back and then saying straight away, I want to win the belt, the Dusty didn't. Like, see you next year at WrestleMania. I didn't win it. See you next year at WrestleMania. After all of that, how do you convey... Oh, he's, he's got me questioning. Yeah. Like, a fantastic display from him as well. I, I loved this. I, I Again, I've only got the 1% of doubt, but I couldn't love more this as the, as the delaying tactic while a few things get figured out. If you told me this time yesterday they were going to do this segment on Raw, I would have laughed in your face and said, there's no way this could have possibly been halfway convincing. Mm. And yeah, it was quite convincing. Um, it was a really good night for Seth, probably the best promo he's ever cut, if I'm being perfectly Maybe, honest, because yeah. I mean, it's only... That and Punk. 
having a good year, I guess, so far. I thought the punk stuff was completely outclassed by Cody and Drew's subsequent performances with them, but that's mm. fine, that's mm. fine. He cut a really strong promo here. You can tell, like, the best promos and the best, you know, total cliched maxim stuff, but the best wrestling stuff is when the wrestlers themselves believe it and they can credibly perform it, and you desperately want... you. Seth Rollins desperately wants to think that this belt means something, and he made it mean something. Better than these three-and-a-half-star... 25-minute title defences have, for me. This is the first time it really felt like something that someone really wanted to go after and defend with pride, and it felt like a championship for probably the first time in my admittedly cynical, skewed lens. Here's something, though. You said he got 1% of doubt. Mm. Was there the possibility, if this has existed purely to just tease it, delay the inevitable, put over both titles in the same week, Mm -hmm. Just have a little bit of, like, genuinely, earnestly, like, good booking in terms of, like, teasing a match that isn't going to happen, but making you want to think you might want to see it. Yeah. Putting over the prestige of a title that can't, by definition, really have that much prestige attached to it. Quite effective promotion, isn't it? Yes, very good promotion all around. Gives them a week to do whatever, if nothing else. 1% of doubt. Did you not think that they were maybe amid constant indications from Dave Meltzer, The Rock himself on WWE Raw, that he wants a match at WrestleMania. Oh, we could probably get the Saudis to pay you 50. No, no, no. I've, I've earned, I'm, I'm a Hollywood star. I'm a board member. He earns more than Saudi money. Yeah. Part of the course. He wants a mania, and he kind of still wants it, apparently. Could you... Was this testing the waters for how much are they going to reject this before we can kind of make them want to see it? That's a question. Here's another question. What, if not Cody versus Seth at this point, and I don't need to see it again, as strong as this promo was, I do not need to see it again. What is the World Heavyweight title match at at Mania if it ain't Punk versus Rollins and it's not Gunther? They've done it all on Raw in like recent months. You can always build another match. The amount of times The Rock and Triple H wrestled in 1997 and 1998 on TV, in 1999 on TV. There's an art to promotion, so that's not to say they couldn't create a great storyline between Seth and Drew again. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's likely, though. What is that match? It's Seth and Sami Zayn for me, is the answer to your question. Sami's he's just got bitched out. We get unbitched out in a week. It's Sami Zayn. Like, that man... They've done it on Raw again. That man talked up his world... Ev- all I'm saying is they've done oh, every permutation. Yeah, it's a rematch. Like, Gunther obviously is is there and very available to them, you know, like, for it doesn't harm the Intercontinental title to do their... They could even promote it as title for title and Seth has proven that he can sell this title so he can certainly sell wanting to win the, like, the Intercontinental as well. Um, that's just because Sami Zayn is... And the idea of both of them saying... But my title's the most prestigious yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Like that, I'm saying Sammy Zane for two months. Saying Sammy Zane <laughs> because he's like an available babyface right now. Um Drew McIntyre again feels very done. I think like those characters, and there's probably a couple more I'm thinking of, but there's like those two in particular are characters that are in such a strong position and they've got such strong footing with who they are that they can retell the story. I'm not pitching it as like a WrestleMania main event, much to Seth Rollins' chagrin probably, that he feels like he's just lost the punk match and he's not going to get the Cody one. So he's probably not going to be best pleased, but not everything can main event, nor, nor can it feel like a main event. It can feel credible. And I would say, yeah, Sammy and Drew stick out as the characters strong enough with enough, with enough depth 
to sell you that match with a chamber to win, to earn their way back into contention, because that's it, really. Like, it's a, it's a second rumble, isn't it? Like, it doesn't matter what's happened before. It's like you win the chamber. It's a bad night for Sammy. It wasn't a great night, obviously, to the lose. The character. That, yeah, the character. But, again, like, he's, he's, him and Owens, like, there used to be a system they had to game, and it's not that kind of hurdle to overcome anymore. Um, I don't know. I think Raw's in pretty good health for Seth. But I, I take your point. Yeah. Um, I don't think any of it feels mania-sized. That's not a night one. I think it's gone Cody, like, a bit like last week with Cody and Punk. Um, if they're trying to show you, as you say, like, kind of, like, testing the water things, if if, if Dwayne calls, like, <laughs> uh, Dwayne's the one I call. Like, if, if Dwayne rings, then, and Seth's got to fight somebody, like, they're showing you, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? What do you think of this? And some are going to go down better than others. Um, but... WrestleMania's a, like a big card, and Seth's probably just going to lose his main event without another main event across. Punk was the Seth Rollins headliner. Now that I would say that's what's been lost. Seth here. needs Punk. Yeah, Seth that's, that's needs what's, Punk. That's all, what's been lost. Or Cody. Aye, like all of a sudden, like yesterday, right? I was guilty of this because I was like, I, I, I love Punk. I'm going to miss him at WrestleMania, but straight away I was like, Bailey's won the Rumble. She slots in. A lot of people are like Becky and Rhea. Rhea's a massive star. So nobody's, ask, yeah, nobody's going I will Seth. Be. You know? One more point, because I do actually have a criticism, of course, <laughs> about the promo. I don't think you needed the additional weird bit about, oh, it's the one that's the Hollywood title. It's the one the politic to get. You didn't need to say that. Mm. You could have just said the dusty title, the workhorse, the blue collar. I don't know. You didn't need the extra bit. Extraneous. So we talked a little bit about it on the news. If they stick with Cody and Roman for night two main event, obviously, what would you put as night one main event? I don't know. I said from the start, the problem with CM Punk is that he's the epicenter of everything and he overshadows everything. The force of his personality is unlike anything we've witnessed in pro wrestling 99% of the time. Uh, nothing that feels that big to me. Maybe I'm skewed. Becky versus Rhea would be the one I would go for because that felt big whenever they've interacted. Yeah. Um, Becky's done some great best career work since returning, despite not being as over, if that makes any sense. Rhea deserves it, mm. realistically, for how over she's gotten, how she's the star of the Judgment Day, which pretty much carried Raw throughout its boom mm. last year. So that would be the one for me. That would be the one for me. Seth versus anybody else other than Punk, with the, with the, with the exception of Cody, even though they've done it three times. Which, again, then it becomes less about the pressure of satisfying the main event spot so much as telling a story that satisfies a world title match on the WrestleMania card. And I think that's a different chat. I think that's where a Sammy or Drew, not to like inadvertently neg them there, but I think that's where that you fit in and say, it's, you're not going on it's last. Thing, it's but this, can, this can be hot, but you're not going on it's last. It's nothing to do with Drew and Sammy, who Sammy's always fantastic. Drew's done the best work of his career, outside of the ring anyway. Mm. Only Lorcan was the best work of his career. <laughs> and I say that with no irony whatsoever. Um... It's the fact that it's raw being three hours still, even during a boom, begets more problems, especially when you like sort of have an issue that you need to resolve quite immediately. You realize that you've the issue, the solution you've already done, you've done it by already. virtue of yeah. raw being three hours. I agree that it probably should be, if unless you're doing Seth Gunther, it probably should be a women's title match, whether Bailey and EO or, or Becky and Rhea. Is there any way they do Gunther? For whoever for the IC title in the main event, it makes its point. But if I you're think you're finally going to dethrone him there. I think it makes its point in the wrong way. 
Chad Gable just isn't headlining a WrestleMania. Yeah, like, it's just not happening. I'd love to see it, but it ain't happening. I think it's one of them things where, like, I, like again, I bought Seth here, and it's not a disservice at all to the Intercontinental title. If you put that on last, you're saying, look, like, we're practicing what we preach here. The Intercontinental title is a... Di-. You know, I saw yesterday the sort of thing. Maybe Gunther and a multi-man, because then you get to see all these pairings. What's this all been about if yes. you put in Gunther in a multi-man ladder match? We're back to 2015 or whatever. Don't do that. But I do think for Seth's promo to carry weight and for Seth, for how much he cares, if that's not going on last, it best be a world title. And you've got like the Bailey thing. Like I get why this is just like my personal biases, but think about how when like there was no long-term planning and how sometimes like a WrestleMania babyface would get hot with a month ago. Kofi Kingston springs to mind, but there were others in that era. Depending how well this Bailey babyface turn goes, and if they can just heat up the right, she's not turned yet. Mm-hmm. Like if they get if they get the timing of it all right between now and sort of elimination chamber, elimination chamber, and mania, the feeling might just be there. Like sometimes you get the fortune in wrestling, striking while the iron's hot. Like if you when was it? Just before World's End, I'd have been like straps were Strickland belting now. Uh, this guy has never felt hotter, and so and then they just cool a little bit. Like, Bailey's not reached the peak of her heat yet, so it might feel, right now it's a Becky Rhea thing, it might feel like it's Bailey's spot, but I just think if it's not Seth's world title, it's probably got to be another world title. Because then, like, Gunther, it's, it's great, Gunther being the Intercontinental Champion, and this belt is everything, but you should still, Gunther should always be thinking, I'm going to move up at some point. Mm. Like, what's he entering the Rumble for if the IC title's bigger than the world title? Yeah. You, there, it, it, like... It's great that the IC title's as high as it is, but the world title should still be a little bit higher. Uh, we're speaking of Kofi Kingston. He cut a promo with Xavier Woods saying New Day win championships. That's what they do, and that's what they're going to do tonight. He's going to take it off Gunther. Uh, and then we get a video of Bran Breaker's amazing performance in the Royal Rumble. Uh, and then we got Jey Uso versus Big Bronson Reed, who dominated Jay in the early stages, ran him over, big clothesline. Uh, Jay managed to knock him outside and hit a suicide dive after a break. Jay is trying to fight back, flying crossbody, but he can barely get a two count off the back of that. Uh, Reed blocks and Inziguri hits a sent on for two. No sells a super kick, so Jay has to hit, hit a couple more to get a two count. Uh, Reed avoids an Uso splash, hits a Death Valley driver for two. Uh, but uh, then Bronson Reed goes up top for a tsunami. Jay gets out of the way. Super kick spear. Uso splash. One, two, three for main event. Jay Uso. The thing with the crowd looked awesome. Yeah, not bad. Just not great. I don't know if it's because of how they appear to have cooled Jay Uso. And I know the wall, the Gunther match is coming, so yeah, that's fine. Like that's going to be big. That's going to feel big. The raw main event or something. But um, I, I don't know if it's that character. I don't know if it's. I still don't really know the exact. Value of Bronson Reed. I don't. Want, I feel like a, quite critical of him. I don't want to come on a podcast and just bury him every week. He's not a bad wrestler, but I can't work out what his like most valuable asset is. He's not intimidating. He doesn't wrestle particularly like a big man, but then he doesn't always look like a big man. He's not got the intimidation factor. He's not like if you, you know, when they've done like meat challenges, meat men matches with the likes of Ivar, yes. where you've got like powerhouse Hobbs versus Miro, and the like that. That vibe doesn't sort of radiate off him, and it, like he was, he was eminently beatable here. And like big guys can fulfil that role. I'm mm. watching myself some tugboat this week, and there's a big guy <laughs> that could get convincingly beat, you know. But it's, it's what it means is is that you don't pose much of a threat, and I think that's a, a Bronson Reed problem that they're just not they're using him and they're featuring him, but they're not really fixing that. And I think that affects the heat in the middle of these matches. James so gets that great reaction by the end. People are up for his finishes. He's got that going for him still. People yeah. still want to watch him win, but. 
Aye, just just fine. Just obvious winner, obviously, is a TV wrestling. Yeah, I mean, there was no more to add to that. Uh, Bronson Reed, you know when Vader's like doing those, he looks like he wrestles like a bear. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he's got those punches. He's like, like he's like boxing their ears and oh, stuff like that. Like Aye. And it's like, oh, that, what if the red mister sends? Like, <laughs> like, he would kill you. Yeah. And he's already doing quite a great job of making it look like he's <laughs> killing you before he loses his like temper. I get none of that off Bronson Reed. He's just an athletic big man mm. with none of the attendant aura, menace, meanness, that sort of, that danger that he radiates. It just doesn't exist. It just doesn't exist. And because it's the kind of thing you never can never learn, it just it won't ever be there. I've been watching him. When did he debut in NXT? Oh, 2019, maybe? I feel like I've just said these same things about yeah. every single match of his we've reviewed. And he can be fun. Um, I would put him in a tag team, personally. I would put him in a tag team because this big singles player, I just never get it from him. So, is he a, like a rule-proven exception as far as athletic big men go? Well, sadly, you can't always make fun of him. We're an athletic big man. I brought watch told me that. Uh, we go to Postman Pierce's office. Uh, there's Andrade signing a contract for Monday Night Raw. Uh, in comes the SmackDown general manager. I can't remember what his name is. Um, congratulates Andrade. Says it's a shame. They go back and forth. Oh, I would quite liked him for SmackDown. Well, I got there first. Oh, I offered him more money. Um, Andrade thanks Pierce. Tells uh, the SmackDown GM, again, for what his name is, um, to say hello to Zelina Vega for him. And uh, the SmackDown GM says, hmm. Nice, isn't it? I lend you Bailey for the night, and then you go and sign a guy under my nose. Just business, right? Anyway, we need to discuss Elimination Chamber a little bit later. But then he gets a phone call. He's got to take it because it's Brown Breaker. Oh, my God. Come on, smackers. Go on. I like this segment with Pierce, uh, star I'm really interested in watching, and Andrade. Like, it was it was a nice... I'm with him. Uh, like, I like that. Like, they have done... Genuinely, like, a good job of the right measure of the conflict between the GMs. It still feels like, what's better than one Jack Tunney? Two Jack Tunneys. It's very admin Like, mm. I don't like Adam Pearce being like, bloody shut up, women, so I can have a drink in peace. Not great. Mm. The rest of it, I sort of believe it. Like, they're just a little bit niggly with each other. Oh, I wanted to sign him. And he got there first. Well, it's all right. Oh, I'd him. reckon them two having a match with each other. I said this as soon as that, that yeah. first like terse interaction could really, really be good. Uh, good bit of business. It's it's just a quite a believable dynamic. They're not they're the right amount of RC with each other. Like nobody's going to throw a punch in one of them locker room settings yet. But like there is this sort of like fuck with me again yeah. energy about these little interactions that I do quite like. Andrade signed. Naomi's off to SmackDown. Yeah. Like this is this is fun. Like people come up from the rumble from NXT into the rumble. A Braun, a Tiffany, and. It's supposed to be this. There should be some excitement around these names. Like, who's going to sign the the free agent? This like this should have been so much more exciting. All the time you are, cre- it's a free agent factory you create yes. in NXT, and they just abused it. This is fun. I like this. I want to. I want to care about the directions of these new wrestlers. I care more about Aldis versus PS than anything Andrade is going to do on Raw. Mm. I'll prepare to be surprised, but I've never got it with Andrade other than. Every now and then, he can work an absolute banger, but who doesn't at this point? And you like that photo when he first got released by WWE and he was on the streets with that his shirt. Yeah, but that's kind of the problem and the solution. How can you not be a star when you look like that and you dress like that? 
and I'm a f- I don't feel anything for Andrade ever. That's a me thing. A lot of people do. I think a lot of people, to be objective and fair, <laughs> <laughs> people in the C2 were like loving them, loving them some Andrade. Mm. I think his the thing that people love about him is the thing that I need the least from wrestling, which is great matches. Yeah, like it, like that. I don't mean to be flippant about that. Like I think he offers that more than he offers anything else, and he doesn't even offer that. That all, much, all yeah, no. yeah, like the I don't, but I'm with Sage. I'll like, I'll sit back and I'll watch and I'll let this play out, and maybe they'll have a story for him. I'm not, there's all these wrestlers, and he's not one that right right now I'm fantasy booking on mm. the WrestleMania card, and yet he's just back from AEW. So yeah, speaks volumes that we didn't say his name. Jumps with should be cool, yeah. jumps should be cool. It's as if he's overexposed in AEW. <laughs> That's quite telling, actually. Right? So he's come back from AEW, I'm very insightful. <laughs> he's come back from AEW. And SmackDown GM's like, ah, oh, well, I'll just get Bron Breaker from our own training facility these fans have seen over and over again. And you're like, ooh, Bron Breaker on SmackDown, <laughs> is it? That's what, like, got me interested. It was, like, the guy that I watch every Tuesday now might work Fridays instead. Sign me up. Like, he's been in AEW for two years. Should I be asked? Uh, it's, uh, anyway, that's where maybe it's you know, verging on mean. You know who else is a free agent, of course, right now, technically? Bron Wagner. Oh my god! Well, he's been a free agent for ages. Yeah, I know. Which yeah. speaks volumes. And he has been on SmackDown technically, hasn't he? He was security one week, wasn't he? He was, yeah. <laughs> With uh, Ava, she hasn't got a surname. She's a rock star. Yeah. I makes I makes three GMs and zero attempt to sign Von Wagner. Having, any of the brands. I'm having an existential crisis about my approach to critiquing Ava Reigns. Maybe it'll come out later. Mm. Maybe you have to stick around for the NXT preview for some uh, takes on that. What do I think of that? I know what I think, but should I say it? <laughs> <laughs> cut the cuts of promo. Am I brave enough? That's the question I gotta ask myself when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> I look in that mirror and ask myself, am I the good guy? <laughs> am I the good guy? Uh the cuts of promo saying Kingston's fighting for his legacy. He's in for the fight of his life. Uh, but I'll forget you immediately after tonight. Nobody's going to be thinking about you, and I'll continue as the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. I love him. He rules so much, doesn't he? There's a reason why he's bu- fantasy booked in all these matches. He's just the best. He's the best. Uh, we get a video recap of the Women's Royal Rumble and then cut to Jackie Redman with Becky Lynch. Uh, Lynch says she let a lot of people down, including herself, but it wasn't in her nature to stay down, plan B, train a little harder, think a little smarter, fight a little dirtier. Uh, but above all, don't stop until I'm back at the top and take the title into the main event like I deserve. Chamber. She's winning the chamber, isn't she? Or she's at least going to the chamber. Yes. Uh, and then it was time for the IC title match, Gunther versus Kofi Kingston. Got Kofi in a Boston crowd about 20 seconds into the match because they had two breaks cut in the middle out of this. Uh, they did it that twice. really hurt. They did it twice as well. So Gunther dominates for large parts of this match for obvious reasons. Kingston fired back, uh, and then Gunther put him in another Boston crowd because it's not time for another break. Uh, when we come back finally, Kingston goes for a dive. Gunther catches him and just slams him like neck first into the ring. Um, Kingston comes back though, sends Gunther into the ring post. Consecutive suicide dives. Gunther gets back in the ring. Kingston hits him with a trouble in paradise. Uh, but Gunther rolls out of the ring before Kingston could make the cover. Uh, Gunther's draped over the steel steps, so Kingston hits an elbow drop off the barricade and a diving leg drop off the top for two. Gunther blocks a trouble in paradise, goes for another Boston Crab. Kingston counts into a cradle for a two count. Gunther hit a clothesline, uh, but Kingston reversed another one into an SOS for a nice two count. Uh, And then Gunther just 
Tuck his head off with a clothesline. Drop kick, powerbomb, one, two, three. Post-match, Woods comes down to check on Kingston. And Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci beat the crap out of them whilst Gunther looks on very happy. Ad breaks were frustrating here because otherwise this was slight fun. We sometimes say fun as a replacement for good. This is not that. This was just fun to watch. This was really fun to watch Kofi Kingston. Like, roll back the years a little bit to when he wasn't as experienced as he is now, which is funny because the story he was telling was, like, don't sleep on the new day, effectively. Like, just because we like to do the stuff with the pancakes and the booty doesn't mean that we don't want to win titles, and I'm going to win one tonight. And I love that about, like... Popped him. I said pancake, and they're thinking of pancake bay. (laughs) Give me them over the pancake bay. Yeah. Say no, it's not pancakes. It's pancakes. It's pancakes. It's the uh, both laughed at the same. That old pancakes. Lady. That old lady. Oh, no, not pancakes. It's that old lady with the ET face on YouTube. What's her name? I've never Lily, seen this. Lily Hayes. Lily Hayes. Lily Hayes. Nicholas. Yeah. Oof. Oof to you. Sorry. Oh, I have seen it. Not, not Nana. Yeah. Ah, match was good. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was what I was going to say. The Gunther IC title reign is generally put down as this way. He's fixed the title. He's done what people couldn't do. Yes. 20 years. It now goes uh, perfect Brett, Sean. Sorry. Keep going. Razor, Jarrett, Gunther. Long gap. Yes. Right? That's, that's what it is now. But it's not just that. He's doing these, like... TNT Open Challenge Cody matches, but with veterans. <laughs> with veterans that you're a little bit not tired of, but just the people that you've seen over and over again do absolute Cody. Uh, not Cody, Kofi has done everything there is to do in WWE twice. Yeah. Twice over. <laughs> yeah. Like they said on this show, Kofi wants to become a five time IC champion. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, and yet he's putting them over as if they're having their first ever title shot. That was some of the magic of Cody's TNT run, was like, Warhorse is giving it a bash. <laughs> like, not all the matches delivered, but he made you yeah. feel something for all of them. And Gunther's doing this with these people that you were just like, oh, it's just nice to have him on the show. And he's making box fresh challenges out of every single one of them. I, l- I love this run for so many more reasons than just the obvious. What a gift. Magic. Good booking. Great wrestler. Like Probably the wrestler of the year every year he continues to do this, realistically. Yes. Mm. No? He's up there. Yeah, he's up well, there. Absolutely being the, I, like, the thing is, it's like, I don't think these matches quite reach the heights set by, for example, Danielson ahead of the revolution. Yeah, he's maybe done like two or three rather than every time. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, can I say Kofi Kingston's attire is absolutely wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I love it so much. What a great look that is. It is. An absolutely fantastic look. I wish you'd thought of it like, what was it? Five years ago now. Mm. How was that five years ago, by the way? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It just mm. looked fantastic. I never got over it. Um, I, this is really, really good. Didn't really orbit on great. But he's just... I don't think Kofi gets enough credit for... He's evolved for me into that sort of worker in that sort of... You know, like Dustin Rhodes... Christian Cage match we got the other week where he just extracted meaning from doing very little and just pacing it and just clutching at the, the real stuff. It's the real it's stuff. The right right. He's like a real scraps worker these yeah. days. Yeah. Like a very elegant worker, baby face, who knows how to pace things for the maximum reaction. And I don't think he gets anywhere near enough credit for being within that class of wrestler. 
I feel like I'm going to dig out somebody here, but obviously they were paired together for so long, weren't they? Like Kofi Kingston and Dolph Ziggler. Mm. I don't mean to like dig out Dolph at all. A lot of people like him, and I don't have a problem with him as such. Kofi's like 10 times the wrestler I think Dolph Ziggler is when it comes to that. Yeah. Dolph Ziggler has a load of skills, but Kofi, like for the long runs they've had, Kofi feels like he's developed that a lot more than Dolph. Yeah. He makes these, ma- these matches matter more. Uh, Sami Zayn gets interviewed saying he couldn't stay on the sidelines after McIntyre tar- targeted not only himself, but CM Punk and others. And McIntyre points the finger at everyone. Well, I'm going to give him a reality check. Uh, and then we get a recap video of Jay Cargill's brilliant performance in the Royal Rumble. Uh, then a non-title match between the women's tag team champions, Asuka and Kairi Sane and Natalia and Tegan Knox, where <laughs> you could hear a rap piss on cotton. It was, I, I couldn't believe there was, tw- did I say yesterday, 12,000 people in this arena. It always boxes my head. Like, how is it possible for you to not even hear ambient sound it's, during uh, these matches? It's, like, you're meant to hear, like, I know, rustle from your popcorn when someone's, like, chowing down on a dog. You know, you're meant to hear, like, chewing, rustling, <laughs> yawning, people, like, pitter-patter of feet. Yeah. You can't hear out. Mm. That's like, how much, that's how little heat these matches like, get. Ooh, that's all I can hear throughout it, basically. It's the defining feature of this current Natalia run, isn't it? Because we're all the way back to the... Yay! <laughs> you could hear like a vocal cord yeah, straight because yeah. there was no other noise joining her. My goodness. It's Tegan Knox. They've got a Natalia bit of time board. as well, this one. No Dude. one cares. Um, Asuka and Sane worked over Knox. Natalia came in, hit Asuka with a German suplex and a discus clothesline. Uh, goes to the sharpshooter. Kari Sane saves Asuka, takes out Knox. Natalia hits a baseball slide on Kari Sane, but Asuka knocks her down with a kick. Um, and in the end, Asuka sets up Natalia. Kari Sane comes off the top with an insane elbow for the one, two, three. Look, the Kabuki Warriors are really, really fun to watch, right? But it's you just, and Triple H knows this and yet will not be told, you cannot just put belts on two women and make some of these matches matter. Nobody buys these titles because they've never been given a reason to. And I think, yet again, they're on... Just when they go into a credible team, yeah, it's the the old IC problem. It's like, is this the time? Yes. Uh, and inevitably, it's not. But you'd need, like, months of this. Months of this for people to start buying in. Like, when... I remember it was 2019 when the Kabuki Warriors took these titles to NXT... I think, was it Candice LeRae and Tegan Knox? But it was a, like a pretty strong tag match. And it was just because people on in Full Sail took that division very seriously and wanted their wrestlers to win the tag yeah. belts. This is not that. Like, nobody is watching main roster Raw and thinking these makeshift pairings are going to win tag titles. It's like, we're going to have to endure this and they're going to have to come up with actual stories. Otherwise, you're just going to get this forever and ever and ever. I, uh, every week I see Natalia and Tegan Knox inevitably lose. I always think, right, this is the time where Natalia snaps and turns on Tegan Knox and nothing happens. Mm. Um, but what did happen next was perversely enjoyable. Jackie Redmond's backstage with former champions Caden Carter and Katana Chance, who really took it hard as part of their Royal Rumble appearances, didn't they? Like Michael Cole, as the, as the words, she lost the titles last night... <laughs> left his mouth during his exposition dump, of which there were 60. The camera <laughs> caught Chance beaming. Now happy as a pig in <laughs> <laughs> This company's so artificial and fake. Uh, well, 
I, I might agree with you, actually, because do you want to play the roles of Katana Chance and Caden Carter here? And I'll play yeah, the roles of uh, Jack or Edmund. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I'm here with uh, Katana Chance and Caden Carter. Uh, guys, what did you make of that performance, and what are we going to get from you uh, going forward with these tag titles? Uh, we're going to challenge for the titles next week on Monday Night Raw. Isn't that right? Yes, next week, and that match will take place next week. Um, Redmond, that's the name, isn't it? Well, there you go. You've got the scoop here first. Katie Carr and Katana Chance are getting a tag team title shot next week. Yeah, they were. Well, you spotted this, so I'm going to give all the credit to you. It's like, we, we like we like poking fun at like <laughs> the sort of, the way they shoot these things where somebody walks off shot. No, come back. Like, yeah. they're, they're right. They're as close as we are now. Like, they're not. Talking. There was one time, and I hated myself for it, cursed myself for days, where you were off, and I wore, I'm not so hot on the tech, and, like, I got the levels wrong or something. Very and, like, and Sidge. Oh, yeah, I remember this. That's and, like, Sidge was, like, lower in the mix than me, because, like, we were through the laptop mic, or something like that, and the yeah. laptop was here, so, like, I was louder. Sidge, what you make a Monday Night Raw? Well, right. Actually, now I completely suck there. Actually. Well, despite that, and it being a laptop mic, you can still hear what he said. Yes. Because that's how microphones work. These two. <laughs> with an inch of distance from Jackie Redman, had to engage apparently in this very deep and meaningful conversation that it being WWE went on a good 10 minutes longer than it needed to, including Jackie Redman going, back to you, Cole. <laughs> While they continue to have a conversation in complete silence, because if they said a single word, you would hear it. Like... If they actually, it's the halfway through. They go like halfway through, but <laughs> social distancing. <laughs> anyway, after the match, we'll go to the EDM rave and we'll go. Gonna go to the club. Get bottle service in the club. <laughs> the club. <laughs> Your family in the club. Shout out, by the way, to OG Stem Cell. Oh, yeah. You messaged us during the Rumble stream. He was out with his better. He was out with Mr. Stem Cell. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> they were at the club. They were in the club. And he found a quiet corner of the club to put our stream on to see where we were up to in the Rumble. And we were like, OG Stem Cell, that's great, Pat, but you're not really at the club, are you? He tweeted us a picture of the club. He was live at the club. Mr. Stems, I'll just wait a second. Because the, uh, the boys are covering the rumble. I want to see who's number 16 in a boring ass f***ing match. So, um, uh, Asker and Kari Sane have stayed in the ring and they're joined by the rest of Damage Kataral. Uh, Bailey there, of course, Royal Rumble winner. I felt like you were like setting up there. There is Damage f***ing Kataral. Um, Bailey says you should take a picture of him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's the uh, first time you've seen the women's tag team champions, the WWE women's champion, and the Rumble winner all in the ring at the same time. And you've got me to thank for that. Um, you know, everyone didn't believe me when I came up with this plan. Everyone said that I wasn't as good as I used to be, but I didn't listen to anybody's opinion. I wasn't even on the Rumble poster, and yet I'm the 2024 winner. Uh, we've got the most stacked nice, women's roster. Nice catch there. I didn't realize that. Mm. We have the most stacked women's roster ever, and I came out on top. And I beat Rhea Ripley's record by lasting over 63 minutes. Um, remember that ding on ding dong hello Cole um, she goes to continue to talk about what's going to happen at Mania but she's cut off by Rhea Ripley now who comes out with the title she says oh this is all cute you only broke that record by the way because I wasn't in the rumble um, the rest of the group have got gold but if you challenge me it'll stay that way for you no gold um, but before she go any further she's jumped by Nia Jax from behind they brawl 
Uh, Rhea fights back and sends her into the apron, rolls her into the ring. Um, they collide in the in the center of it. Nia kind of gets the better of it. Hits a leg drop, hits the ropes, and hits another leg drop. Damage control, just watch on. Third leg drop from Nia Jax and the Annihilator. Um, Nia turns to damage control, who all bail out of the ring except Bailey, who's backed into the corner. She slides down, um, is caught, uh, terrified of Nia Jax, uh, who tells her, pick EO or anyone else because Rhea isn't making it to WrestleMania. And Bailey goes, yeah, 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 I was going to make my announcement on Friday anyway. So Good this. Um, a nice way to bring damage control to Raw and not obviously have to deliver yes. what we know is coming, which is going to be the tease of Rhea, followed by the EO stuff. And like, I'm, I'm sounding like I'm brushing that off, but I want to see that story yes. play out. Like, I like this damage control thing. And I like even... Like they're just them backing down and Bailey, like the baby face within it is starting to resurface and little things like her not leaving the ring when they all did is part of mm. that. Separates us from that. Like the beatdown from main event Nia Jax was pretty good. Yes. Honestly, like, it wasn't bad at all. Shit, same as in the run. She is like putting her back into this run and it is like it's bearing fruit. I don't know what it is. I don't know if there's just some good snap or like but or she's maybe like getting fired the first time has made her think like reflect and think well what can I do differently this time around? But I like and I was taking the piss a bit with like the heavy heat with the awesome truth. This was pretty good heavy heat stuff considering that Rhea's a heel, but they're going to make her a situational baby face yeah. for elimination chamber. Like a strong start to this build, I thought. I, no, this wasn't bad at all. One of the highlights of the show actually. Uh, just before the main event, McIntyre's there at Gorilla with uh, Redmond. He says, "All I've done is tell the truth." I've wrestled uh, Sami Zayn many times, but he's won zero times. That's not going to change tonight. Hit my music, he says, and he walks through the curtain. And we get Drew McIntyre uh, versus Sami Zayn. Uh, McIntyre immediately throws Zayn over the announce desk uh, to pretty much start the match. Chucks him back in the ring, warns Pat McAfee not to talk trash about him. Uh, And Zayn uses the distraction to hit a suicide dive into a break. Come back, McIntyre's in control. Zayn fights back. Sunset sit out Flip, flip powerbomb thing. Tornado DDT for two. Uh, McIntyre comes back with a spine buster and a sit-out powerbomb for two. Sick of all these goddamn wrestlers doing the sunset flipping flip-outs. <laughs> Get up, flip out, sunset, flip, 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 flip. Grab a hole. Uh, McIntyre goes... I my name, me and Yoko would see these guys doing them goddamn sit-out flip-outs and we kick the... Ass for not respecting the business. Not respecting the fing business, you flip out. You're supposed out. to play bones, not break bones. You're gonna break bones with a sit out flip out. <laughs> um, see me doing a sit out flip out? No, you see me walking across the rope like a tight rope while the guy holds my <laughs> hand. Wait sit a out, second. Flip out, killing the Am I a luchador? Don't see the dead man doing dives except when I started doing dives. <laughs> Maybe because I respect the business more than the kids these days. I don't know. <laughs> that almost broke my neck. <laughs> <laughs> so who am I to say anything? Ask yourself a question. Am I walking <laughs> in contradiction? Well, no, because I couldn't walk after that dive. God dang. Am I a shuffling contradiction? Yeah, Superfly's kid goddamn missing because he didn't respect the business. Uh, Kip out, flip out. <laughs> <laughs> Canadian destroyers and he's kip out flip out. I told Kane, no shit, I'll flip out. You need to slow it down if you want to play the dead man's brother. And Kane was the main part of the job. <laughs> Fat ass. <laughs> hey, Keish, get down out of top rope. You ain't a head shrinking no more. No more shit, I'll flip outs if you want to play bones with a dead man. Did you see the photo that Amphlet tweeted yesterday, by the way? Yeah, it looks like. Uh... <laughs> I got 16 biker chains. Want to say anything about it? 
How many hats I'm wearing? I think it might be four. It's <laughs> 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 his t-shirt. Yeah. BSG Bride. We someone had to keep the click in place. Fatty Star. He no hands to go to my ass, so I'll tell you that for free. I'll tell you that for free. Goddamn. I'll tell you that for free, but if if you want it on a cameo, you're gonna have to pay three hundred dollars all elite Scooby Doo. Because when it comes to videotaping messages, I respect the business. <laughs> Dead man better cream it off the top. Ain't that right, Savio? Because Dead Man Inc. the business and all that respects the business of wrestling. <laughs> I remember when Savio made a better no way out. You remember that huge pop? Savio respected the business enough to give me his payout. <laughs> and he respected the boys to give them the pop instead. <laughs> there was no way out of Texas because the crowd were rallying around Savio that much because he was in BSK. Razor uh. and Diesel took their candy asses to WCW. <laughs> candy Scared of the BSK. <laughs> Scared of the motherfucking Godwins. <laughs> <laughs> motherfucking Niners Gallus. Big Gallus. Nineties Gallus is a BSK. <laughs> it wasn't BSK, wasn't it? <laughs> Tell you what I like is that Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah. Willie, you're just kind of an asshole, but I like those other three guys. Legitimately buried Willie Eater on Twitter once in a day. Doesn't respect the business. <laughs> I was CM Punk before I was CM Punk, before you were CM Punk. I was the American Dream before you were, and I was Gallus before you were born in the BSK. And I was born the tits up before you were even born. I was Joe Coffee before you were Joe Coffee, but I was Joe Whiskey. Ever heard of it? It's called drinking, kid. Get a damn man a crate of beer. <laughs> Do they got dressed up like a judge for the good of my fucking health? Get the boys a crate of beer. <laughs> Give me the number that I'm a cool chick. <sighs> After I make a crack. <laughs> <laughs> for not respecting the business. Ask yourself a question. Who made the most money in this business? After Hogan. After Rock, <laughs> after Austin, after Sin. Ask yourself at the top 20 or 30, 40 guys who made the most money in the business. Cumulatively, <laughs> because I never went away. Hollywood <laughs> wasn't calling for no dead man. That's because I ain't no actor. The yeah. streak was a f***ing <laughs> shoot. Except I'm too f***ing real. <laughs> kicked all the f***ing <laughs> Twenty-one years for somebody to put a dab on all his back. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas is done in. <sighs> so Drew McIntyre went to the top. <laughs> Zane hit with a superplex. Uh, went for the Luva kick. McIntyre hit with a clothesline. Uh, Zane counters a Claymore kick into a blue thunderbomb for a two count. <laughs> McIntyre hits <laughs> an overhead suplex and a white noise off the middle rope for a two. Uh, he shoves Zane. Some people are out. Of, some people are out of my league. <laughs> says. 
Zane goes for the halluva kick, but McIntyre sort of cowers down in the corner and blocks it by getting his hands up, but inadvertently, supposedly, low blows Sammy Zane. Uh, just completely seizes the opportunity, hits him with a claymore kick and gets the one, two, three. Uh, like, it feels like with these, like, the match was fine, whatever. The Drew match was just fine, though, wasn't it? It was just fine. But I do love that they get to work at Raw and they sit together and they come up with a Drew McIntyre finish that's cheating but not cheating. Yeah. There's been loads of these. They're really creative and it shows thought and I like that. It keeps this character ticking along nicely. This Just this little blow count on was a good one. They're all completely rooted in the rest of his face in there and then it's nice, but the match was whatever. Aye. Weird one for Sami Zayn. So he comes back, number 30, doesn't win, obviously. Then he's got written off TV by Drew. Doesn't really get his revenge, his vengeance. Just doesn't seem like he's in the plans. Aye. It's, I think this is it. A lot is up in the air, isn't it? But again, mm. I think he's just a guy that you can have him lose, That's lose, right. lose. I thought we were in the, was it the third innings? I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know <laughs> baseball. Whatever. Yeah. Half time. Is it half time? Oh, baseball's a fake sport. <laughs> uh, like, like the... He's the guy that can lose, 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 win the chamber unexpectedly, and it's Sami Zayn, isn't it? Yeah. Like, they know they can kind of get away with that a bit, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, let us know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw <laughs> on X at What Culture WWE. Watch, they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. Follow our brilliant producer at It's Adam Nicholas. Uh, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We'll be back later on today to preview NXT. Uh, but for now, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to Hamlet Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.